0: Welcome to Profession Session. I'm your host, Brody Vinson. Today I have Shelby Swigert on to talk about her contract work as an artist and all the things that she's been doing since she got started with that.
1: So it's funny because I actually kind of start off my story with When I was in high school, I started taking photos of my cousins, and it was just like a cheap camera, nothing major, but I would show my aunts and uncles, and of course they're they're babies, so they'd be like, oh my gosh, these are amazing, and I'm like, really? So from there, that kind of boosted the confidence, and that's how I started my art career, is just taking photos and started in photography. Um, I did grad sessions, I did family sessions. Um, and then from there I built my business up, got an LLC, um, started doing some freelance work with some companies. Um, I've done like murals, I've painted scenes. Um, so yeah, and then it kind of just grew and evolved. And now today I'm still doing my contract work. I still have my art shows occasionally. Um, I've done some workshops and classes and overall, I just love doing what makes me happy and being able to make a living from it so yeah
0: that's awesome and um I've got a question just about like how you got started so I feel like a lot of people pick up photography and art as a hobby right but did you are did you always know that you wanted to like were you always business minded or was that encouraged somehow what made you want to actually turn it into something that was Actually, revenue driving and and making right. you money.
1: Yeah, good point. So it did start out as a hobby at first, but I do you know what the Enneagram is?
0: Huh. I, actually, I feel like I've heard of it, but I'm not too familiar.
1: Yeah, definitely look into it. It's a personality test, basically. But I'm a Type Three, and that's the Achiever. So I definitely like to achieve. <laughs> that's my personality. So when it came to art, it was almost like, how can I monetize off of this? And I had a lot of friends and family who would be like, you should sell your paintings, or you should, you know, do photography. So honestly, having that community support of my family and friends kind of helped boosted me up, you know, Um, so that's kind of how I started monetizing everything. And then from there, it kind of just grew through itself organically through word of mouth through friends, um, recommendations, and Yeah, and then from there built a website and kind of just faked it till you made it, you know? So yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) So how do you, uh, when you're first getting started in that, how do you determine like what your pricing model is gonna be for something like that, where you've never, it's always just been a hobby and you've never sold anything and all of a sudden you're You've been encouraged to kind of make a business out of it. How do you determine what you're going to charge or how how it's going to work when you don't have business experience?
1: Okay, so lots of trial and error. Pricing was my biggest struggle because artists typically get underpaid for what they're worth just because I think not a lot of people understand the time and effort and talent that it takes and is put into artistry um i mean a lot of people the typical argument you've seen picasso's work or pollock and it's just like you know it looks like paints thrown on a canvas but you typically don't see the years of experience the time and the value of what they've put into it of like just their prior knowledge so anyways but yeah trial and error was definitely huge when it came to pricing um there were times where i was definitely underselling myself i think i did my first custom order for like 15 dollars, and now i'm starting at like 200 ish. So um, and of course, prices and sizes vary. But yeah, and also, I had a lot of great um, mentors and friends who were in the art area um, industry. So asking advice, getting their input, seeing where they started out was huge. Um, So again, back to like networking and connections, but it's really just where like you need you need to talk to people in order to see what's working and what's not. And it also helps you gain confidence in turn.
0: Hey, it's your host, Brody Vinson. Thanks so much again for tuning into Profession Session. And if you're enjoying this podcast, learning anything, please don't forget to subscribe or leave a review if you're listening on audio. Helps so much for growing the show and getting new and better content and better guests on. Thanks and back to the show. Yeah. So could you talk a little bit about just identifying mentors in your space in general and like how what are some good strategies for doing that how how do you kind of do you just reach out like how how did that work for you and how do you recommend finding good mentors in your space
1: yeah great question um i mainly found them through social media um which has been that's my main tool for marketing that's my main platform that i utilize um i would find their accounts to my own and also just what's recommended for you sometimes and Sometimes I just shoot my shot and send a like cold email and just or cold message and just be like, hey, like my name's Shelby, I'm an upcoming artist or I'm trying to be. Um, do you have any advice or like what do you price? Or um, typically I'd go with specific questions. So say it's like, hey, I'm pricing custom artwork. Like, what do you start out with your rate or like what do you recommend for whatnot? And especially when it came to murals too, it was like, what's the starting rate that you take? Um, so. Yeah, just really asking what opinions people have about their pricing ranges and concepts and whatnot.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's yeah. they've proven to have done it before and I'm sure some some people, I mean, you probably don't get responses from some, but others are willing to share their information.
1: Yeah and it's always a gamble like some you don't and you're bummed but some you do and it's the ones you don't even expect and then you're like wow and then you're just like patting yourself on the back like that's pretty cool that they messaged back so I don't know I say the biggest thing is shoot your shot the worst thing that can happen is they don't reply but um I've definitely reached out to some mega influencers and they've even replied on the spot so it's just pretty neat to see how a social platform can do that and connect you with people you otherwise wouldn't have met
0: that's awesome. And when you're looking for the people to reach out, do you just kind of search whatever your area is on it I know you're big on Instagram. Is that typically where you're looking for these people?
1: Yep, so I typically go on Instagram. If I'm looking location-wise, um I was in Orlando, so I would look up Orlando artists. Um sometimes even I was in the influencing realm for a little bit, so I would look up local Orlando influencers and like ask their rates about content creation and doing brand paid collaborations. So it really just, um, if you're looking specifically for which type of niche you're looking for, it helps out a lot.
0: Very cool. So I wanna talk about a few things that you covered there in the social media area. So you mentioned like doing brand work and paid collaborations. Could you talk a little bit about your experience doing that and like how that works?
1: For sure. Um, So I think it was college when the influencer world was kind of amping up and um, I started to notice it. So I wanted to hop on it really quick. Um, And it was great for a while. I've worked with companies such as Vera Bradley, Advocare, um, Missouri. love them, so it's just those companies would typically reach out to me or vice versa, again, shooting your shot. Sometimes I'd just send emails and just be like, hey, I'm Shelby, I'm a content creator, like this is my rates, these are what this is. So um, yeah, and that was a great time, but eventually uh, I noticed it was taking a bit of a different turn uh, social media wise. So that's when I kind of pivoted back to my business and decided I, I really preferred the art aspect um, cause influencing is a lot of networking, but it's networking s- like socially. So <laughs> it was a lot of messaging, messaging. And, um, for me personally, I love people and connections. So I knew like my art was allowing me that outlet.
0: Very cool. So you kind of moved away from that. A little bit and just focused on the art when you set out to pursue a project or you get a new order or something what is the process i want to talk about that a little bit like how do you start and and what is the creative process like
1: yeah sure so i guess it it varies so i mean i have um an excel sheet a master excel sheet um and it basically has all my categories um laid out so i have like facebook meta um content creation Um, I have art, like my art business and then, and prints, um, and then freelance work or contracts. So everything's spread out in its bucket, um, per se. And so they each have different onboarding processes, I guess, for new clients. Um, when I did, I did live wedding paintings for a bit. I still do. I'm taking less now, but, um, basically that's an email process. Then we hop on a call, then we go through contracts. So, um, yeah it kind of varies um with meta platforms or instagram i'll just get um, a monthly paycheck through um, reels and um, views so that's pretty automated um yeah does that answer the question or
0: yeah how does how does that work with uh with meta you're, so you're getting paid for like for views on your content creation
1: yeah, so Instagram, I don't know, actually, I don't know when it started, I guess, but now there's this new um, feature where you can get paid for your views on reels. Um, so, and it's not a, too much. I don't get paid that much. Oh, yeah, like, that's,
0: is that the bonuses thing? Yeah, the bonuses. Okay, I just so, saw that okay. pop up. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I, that popped on up on mine can. like a month ago. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> so it's I don't get much, but I mean, it's, you know, it's extra income and, you know, for so, yeah.
0: very cool so one thing i wanted to zoom in on there a little bit as well that you kind of covered is the onboarding process how did you develop that over time because i'm sure at first when you're kind of inexperienced and like deciding to make this a business like there's probably a learning curve of like making that whole thing more professional more streamlined how did that how did it start and how has that evolved and how have you improved those processes
1: Yeah, great question. Honestly, I highly recommend Honeybook. Um, That's kind of where I started what I was told and by my mentors to use. So it definitely kept me organized. And it definitely helps with the whole process. It has your email templates ready. So if people were inquiring about photography, it would send that out at email. If they're inquiring about a live wedding, it would send that out. So um, overall, Honeybook, I definitely recommend. Um, But Eventually, I did scale my business back because it was growing to, too much, too fast, and I'm only one person. And I like to keep it that way, just because I love being able to pick and choose who I work with and making sure they're the right fit. Um, and it's mainly, it's mostly like a lot of like friend of friend referrals. So I want to keep that like professionalism within that. So, um, yeah, overall, I scaled it back a bit. So now it's mainly just reaching out via email. Um, But I did that intentionally because I knew I wanted to travel and take time for myself and take a break from the business. And it was a three month long break. So I definitely scaled it back to the extent that it needed to be.
0: So were you experiencing like some burnout a little bit as it was growing too fast?
1: Yeah, honestly, I was. And I think it's pretty important to talk about as well. I'm glad you brought that up just because a lot of people think having your own business is glamorous and great and you get to pick your free time and yada yada and while it does allow you a lot of flexibility um it is i mean if it's it's a one woman show here so there was a lot of burnout i think creatively i definitely lost some of my motivation or like my creativity and inspiration so that's kind of there was a point where I decided I need to go do something for myself. And I always loved to travel. So in 2020, when the pandemic hit, I actually had plans to travel abroad for a bit. And um, I booked a one-way ticket. I was ready to go, had my bags packed, and then the pandemic hit. So- I know. So yeah, but very, very unfortunate to have had my company to lean on during that time. So I just invested my time into that. And by 2022, I was like, okay, this is it. We're going to go travel again. So that's when I started pushing back the business and starting to prioritizing myself and my health and um, just more space to get inspired and be able to create again.
0: How do you create that line when, you're, when you've are when you made that decision and you know that you need to scale it back to a certain extent? What, is, what does that look like? Do you kind of just take a self-inventory and like and decide, like, I'm going to spend this many hours a week? Like, how did that look yeah. for you?
1: Yeah, I really had to have a heart to heart to my with myself about which aspects of my business were draining me and which were fulfilling me. Um, so, for instance, with influencing as much as it was a good chunk of income, it, it also was draining me mentally. Um, it, I found that it's not healthy for me to be on social media 24 <laughs> seven, um, personally, but um, yeah, I just kind of had to step away from that a bit. Um, just because also like it didn't align too much with some of my values. And so um, that's where I invested myself into more of my like hand painted work and live wedding paintings because I knew I'm a people person and I love meeting and creating connections. So that's kind of where that came into play. And that actually started maybe around COVID too, of just wanting to try live wedding paintings. And I had so many friends who were so amazing and were like, yeah, you can paint at my wedding. Cause I just did a small fee, you know, and then I just tried it out and loved it. And then that's where I took it and ran. So. Yeah. I wanted
0: to talk about that a little bit too. Cause I don't think I've, ever heard of live wedding paintings before you mentioning that that's gotta be a pretty unique thing right
1: oh it's niche yeah yeah (laughs) um i saw the trend on tiktok and okay um i was like that's a thing now because i think only in the past recent couple of years had it become a really big trend so i was like again with the trends i was like i need to hop on this so um that's where I posted on social media and was like, Hey, any friends looking to have their wedding painted? I would love to do it for you for free. This was my first one. And I was like, I will do it for free. I just want to try it out kind of thing. So I had a really good friend, Mackenzie. She was like, Shelby, come paint at my wedding. So um, I actually got to go and experience that. And it was, I had so much fun. It didn't feel like a job. I mean, I was getting, I was making a free painting, but um, ultimately yeah, that's, that's kind of how that started. And
0: so you from there you I
1: built that confidence. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Do you just set up like a canvas at the wedding and you're just basically like painting like a, a certain part of the wedding? Like like a certain kind of portion yeah. of it? Yeah. So wow. on the,
1: yeah, so on the call, they tell me like if you want the ceremony, if you want the live wedding scene or if you want your first dance. So they pick the scene and then from there, I'll like, I'll set up my area and then I'll take a photo of like what they want. So I'll use that as the reference image. Throughout gotcha. Yeah,
0: Very so. cool. And yeah. like the whole during the whole wedding, you're just working on it live.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And wow. Have people come up, they'll talk with me about it. And you know, so it's neat because you and then again word of mouth like then they'll be like oh i know so and so who would love to have this at their event and um i have wedding painting friends who even do corporate events and just you know so the live wedding scene, live wedding painting or live painting scene is (laughs) getting pretty big so
0: yeah and i was gonna say like as you were describing that like you're there the whole time what a great like opportunity to network it as you're going. I mean, like you're just meeting all these people that are maybe gonna have weddings of their own or have friends that have weddings of their own. And like the word of mouth probably spread fast, I would guess. Exactly,
1: so a lot of people would come up and be like, oh, I have a wedding in like August or like September. And that's where it was like, oh, I'd love to do it. And then that's how connections would work. So big on word of mouth and fun referrals, so.
0: Very cool. And I, I'm guessing there's probably not a lot of competition in that field. I mean, that's very niche, like you said.
1: Yep, very niche. So, yeah, it's it's a great time. I enjoy it. It is stressful, though, I will say, because you are standing for, like, eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the outcome is worth it. I The feeling of, like, showing a customer their new painting and, like, their faces, it's just the best feeling. So, yeah.
0: That's awesome. So, yeah. what kind of – um. So, you've got other contract work that you do as well. Could you talk about a little bit more of like the the other kind of stuff that you're focusing on right now when you're, when you're, uh, so you said your custom prints are open again, right?
1: Yeah. As of recently? Yeah. So, now that I got my refresh on my, outlet and creative input, inspiration. Um I was traveling the world for 3 months, so I kind of used that to rejuvenate and like reset myself. Um so yeah, there's a lot of exciting things coming. I have some print collections coming out. Um I have custom orders that are back in open. Um and yeah, I think I'm even going to start back a season 2 for my podcast, The Creative Podcast. Awesome. Um yeah, I know. So <laughs> I'm excited. A lot of good things in the works.
0: So could you talk about the podcast a little bit as well? I know you had like, you had a first season that you put out of that. What yeah. was the inspiration behind doing a podcast and what kinds of things did you cover on that?
1: Yeah, so the created podcast was based upon me wanting to, I, I'm very blessed to have a lot of great mentors and leaders in my life who I look up to. Um, and it was kind of a way of like wanting to share that with um, my audience and my friends and family. And so from there I took, um a lot of my mentors who helped me in my art career and I brought them on and so I would interview them and hear their stories and it it not only fills me with purpose but I, I think it also everyone loves to tell their story like stories are the most important things we have and when you ask someone to tell their story there's a 99 chance that they're going to share it <laughs> so um yeah and I also knew it was a great networking tool as well Um, Going back to just reaching out to random people, I would say, hey, I have a podcast. I think you'd be a great fit um, with your creativity, entrepreneurship, and self-help. So um, yeah, that's kind of where I reached out as well. And I got to talk to some guests that I never would have believed I would have been able to talk to, but I did, so yeah. That's
0: been my whole kind of thesis with doing this podcast too, is you, you just get to talk to people that you wouldn't otherwise even have really a reason to
1: talk to other
0: than just like wanting to learn some things from them. And then you get to broadcast that. It's a very cool tool. I'm a little jealous of the the whole like season format because I feel like you get to (laughs) kind of relax after you you get to relax a little bit more.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I, I'm impressed by you and your team because I didn't have a team. I was just a one woman show. So I was doing all the editing, all the formatting, marketing, et cetera, et cetera. So that's why a season takes a while. So. so I now that I'm starting to work on season two, it takes a bit, but it's so rewarding at the end. I still get emails um, today and just saying like, thank you, I just listened to your podcast. And I recorded that like two years, maybe a year ago. So wow, um, that's key is long lasting content as well. Exactly. You utilizing kind of, as well, yeah. Do you
0: create kind of a catalog of things that people can go back and look at. Yeah, I'll, I'll see people, Looking at old episodes too, it always blows yeah. my mind because if you create a podcast around an interesting topic that people want to look at and want to see, I mean, SEO has gotten so good now that people will search about a particular topic. And if I if I were to put like live wedding photography in the description <laughs> for this, someone, it's such a niche thing. Someone might right. just search that if they're trying to get into it and find you talking about it. So. It's very cool in that sense.
1: Yeah, thanks. Can I ask you a question? Is that? Yeah, it? of course. A question, but what do you find the most rewarding from your podcast? Like, what what do you personally gain from this?
0: That's a great question. So yeah. I I love talking to anyone who's ambitious yeah. about what they do and very passionate about what they do. So I find that I I just get to have so many conversations with people that are like that through this because those naturally just make for good conversations that are very informative people that are passionate and ambitious about what they do usually have a lot of good things to say about it and I I'm a very like I'm very energized by good conversation and like learning from people so I I get very energized by it and then I, I just love hearing from people that they got a lot out of a particular conversation. Mm-hmm. And I, I get all the time I'll have people message me or text me and just say, hey, I just followed that person that you just had on your show. I thought that was really cool what they talked about. And yeah. it's kind of like a way to connect people that wouldn't have found each other otherwise. So it's there, there's so many good things about it, but it's just yeah. it's so fun to me.
1: No, I agree. I think podcasting has been really special, I guess, in the sense of like networking in our digital age. So yeah,
0: very good. Yeah. What are some, uh, just kind of like getting a little more general and broad here, what are some other kind of general marketing things that you think have served you well throughout your whole journey that like are maybe a little unique or, or less conventional but you think have served you well?
1: We can go, Pretty niche. I did pop up shops for a while. So with when I did my digital, or I had digital prints, and I had like hand painted prints and whatnot. So I made these UCF custom maps. So go knights for all go, nights, yeah, go knights charge <laughs> <laughs> on. Um, but I had made a digital map print. Um, I'll try and find. Maybe I'll I'll send you one of what it looks like. But. um, I kind of just started. I'll overlay
0: writing. it right here.
1: Yeah, perfect. OK, yeah. I'll send it to you. <laughs> um, but I did these map prints and for some reason they got huge. And um, I had tons of friends who were like, I would love to buy them. I made them into posters. Um, I even remember going into our UCF student union and like having a meeting with one of the guys head honcho and being like, hey, can I put this map in the student union somewhere? It never it never went turned out, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I still tried, so but um Might as well yeah. shoot your
0: shot like you yeah, said before. Exactly.
1: Shoot your shot. You never know. Um so yeah, my idea was gonna be to wholesale them. Um, but I never got around to it because of course it grew to the capacity of one woman show. So um, but I made FSU prints, UF prints, I made FIU, so I went all around like basically Florida universities. Um and I would sell them at pop-up shops. So that was kind of um, another form of marketing for me of just and you meet the customers in person. So that was huge, too, of it was like almost like a meet and greet. So while they were at my booth, I'd be like, if you don't want to purchase, like, here's my Instagram, this is where you can find me. Um, I'd love to connect and be friends. So I am really grateful for the community I've created, too. Um, I know I mean, personally, for me, who experiences a lot of anxieties, like I try and like make that be an outlet for those who also struggle with such things. So um I don't know, just using art to connect people um has really just always been my main goal.
0: That's awesome. I, I like the uh the whole idea of pop-up shops and I had someone yeah. on here that has She has like her own jewelry business and she Mm, kind of came up with her business through pop-up shops. I think that that seems like such a good strategy if you've got like a cool creative product like that, especially something aesthetic. How do you find those pop-up shops and how do you decide which ones make sense to go to? Because I think there's some value in just finding like trade shows, pop-up shops, whatever it might be for your particular industry.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I just Google. Um, right now I'm in Atlanta, so I've been Googling Atlanta pop-up shops. Um, usually you also have to see if they're within your budget. So you'll typically have vendor fees. Um, so typically it's like $75 ish is like the average. So, um, that's starting out, but yeah, you kind of just look Google word of mouth again or, um, but you also want to make sure that it fits your business and what you're going for. I remember one time. Um, my best friend and I started up a little small business in college and we went to this, um, fair, but we didn't really do the, um, the research prior to it. So it ended up being like a, I don't even, it was just like this very odd in the middle of nowhere vendor tent and we got zero business. I think we sold $5 (laughs) that day. (laughs) So we definitely lost money, but I mean, definitely do your research beforehand to make sure it aligns with your business and your goals.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Going back a little bit to like the business talk, when you first decided to kind of organize your business into an LLC and everything, could you talk yeah. a little bit about just like the the process behind that, the decision to get a little bit more organized and intentional and maybe what some of the learning curves and challenges were around that?
1: Yeah. So when I started doing pop-ups, um there were some that were like you need to be like a licensed llc or have some form of proof so that's kind of where that started and i was like oh maybe i should and then when i started looking into wholesales that's where i also hit a roadblock of they're like you need to be a licensed llc and i was like oh shoot okay so that kind of just naturally happened for me as the next steps in my business so Um, Yeah, from there, I also went to the bank one time and I was like, hey, I need this money for my business. And they're like, you don't have a business LLC or a business account. And I was like, what's that? So (laughs) (laughs) it really, everything happens organically. Um, I had a lot of great mentors, but I met them later on past like, I mean, because I like to say my business started in high school, you know, so it's always been ever evolving and ever present. So yeah, mainly just knowing that once I started hitting those roadblocks of like trying to find opportunities and needing that LLC, that's where it started happening.
0: And people don't realize how easy it is once you actually do oh, it either. It's yeah. really just a few steps. You just go on yeah. sunbiz.org, yep. just fill out a couple forms, okay, go yeah. start a bank account for it. And next thing yep. you know, you can write <laughs> stuff off to have exactly. fun.
1: Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's honestly like Excel is like my new best friend. I just like you know input like what I need to subtract from taxes, and I'm like, this is great. So.
0: Exactly. It's there's something yeah. very rewarding about just going through your bank account and saying, you're coming off of taxes. You're coming off of taxes. Hopefully the IRS isn't listening to this. It's all it's all legitimate. It's all legitimate.
1: It is all.
0: It is all. It's all, it's all legit. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, sure. switching gears here a little bit, one yeah. other thing I wanted to talk about is we haven't mentioned yet, but you moved recently. And yes. so I wanted to talk a little bit about that and like the decision to do that and what some of the, obviously you had a very established business here in Orlando. Yeah. I'd like to talk about like what what the, the move has been like for your business and how, how it's been kind of starting new there.
1: Yeah. So... Yeah, getting pretty deep. But I was born and raised in Orlando and I had the best experience. I think I I loved being close to Disney. I loved going to UCF. My whole college career was incredible. Um, but throughout my high school and college days, I was just networking in Orlando and I built this community and I loved it. Um, but there was a point where I felt like I was just staying stagnant and I was just, I wasn't being pushed anymore. I was just getting comfortable. I there was no opportunities outside my comfort zone um, of where I wanted to go with my business. So, there came a point where I was like, you know what i I think I want to make myself uncomfortable, and I think I want to try something new. And I'm not gonna lie, it's been scary. It's <laughs> there's been some moments where I'm like, should I go back to Orlando? But <laughs> Um, yeah, ultimately I know this has been the best thing for me and my growth. It really pushes me as an individual and a business owner of being pushed to limits that you really have to question yourself and you really have to be comfortable and self talk to yourself. So overall, yeah, the move has been great. I'm I've been networking a ton on LinkedIn. Um, that's been my new thing. And as a art business, I hadn't in the past necessarily used it a lot. Um, so that's one thing I do wish I would have spent more time on. Um, but ultimately, yeah, LinkedIn, word of mouth. My aunt has a ton of connections here who I'm super grateful for. Um, and yeah, that's kind of what's going on.
0: <laughs> what led to uh, you kind of discovering or, or uh, putting more work into LinkedIn specifically? And what are, what have been some of the strategies there that have served you well so far?
1: Yeah, so coming to a new place. I'm like starting from ground zero. Um, like I just no clue what I'm doing, but you know, fake it till you make it. So I really, everyone kept saying, have you tried LinkedIn? Have you been like talking with people there? Um, I tried indeed, but I found that LinkedIn was the more professional and more upscale. So I started just sending any emails. I even bought premium and I was like, just Hi, I'm Shelby. I'm new to the area. Would love to grab coffee. Would love to hear your experience. Again, storytelling is huge. People love to tell their story. So I was like, I, anyone and anyone who will share their story, I'm willing to listen. And I also love listening to people and their stories, similar to, you know, why we love our podcasts. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I've been utilizing LinkedIn. Um, again, lots of no replies, but I have lots of replies. So, you know, you take, you take the wins. You don't take the loses.
0: <laughs> that's uh, I feel like that's easier said than done. What do you think it is that you have that allows you to kind of move on from those, like the no responses? Cause I, I feel like a lot of people really get caught up on that. What do you think it takes to really move on through that and persevere through that?
1: Yeah, it's, it's difficult. I'm not going to lie. I definitely, there's times of doubt, <laughs> but <laughs> I've, built a really strong community um, of my close friends and I honestly reach out to them when I doubt myself and they boost me back up. Um, I have a lot of really good um, self-help books that talks about mental strength. Um, Brene Brown's a big one I love um I also have you heard of the Clifton Gallup strength test I haven't no what's okay. that you should also link that one this this is a really big one for everyone but what is it, it again uh Clifton. It's the Gallup strength test. Um, so this is what my dad preaches to me basically, but it, it basically identifies your five core strengths. So mine's the achiever, empathy, harmony, input. Um, and basically you go through this test and it asks you what your strengths are. And so from those strengths, you can find out which jobs are more tailored and more specific to you. I wish I, I could
0: probably grab the book, but I'll definitely like overlay yeah. it or link it or okay. something Perfect. right here. Perfect.
1: Because cool, it's definitely helped me figure out which jobs would be more suited for me. So I can't be in an environment where I don't feel like my empathy is being utilized or there's no workforce harmony. So it helps you tailor which jobs are better for you and your business. So
0: could you talk about that a little bit like the. Feeling like the empathy is utilized um, through your work. How do you how do you find that in your work and how what's worked for you there? I've never yeah. heard that talked about.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, my empathy is something I'm actually quite proud of. Um, I try to implement it in any business transaction I utilize. Um, I realize as our world gets more digital prone and um, you know, going that route, I, I miss those genuine connections. So I still write handwritten letters. I still call, I st- I try not to text as much. I'm also very key on like meeting up person to person. So it's these relations that I still wanna keep consistent that helps my business thrive, I think. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that answers, but it's, it's just definitely something I still want to make sure I show up. When I show up, I wanna be empathetic, I wanna be understanding i want to create harmony with people so yeah I, I think, that makes sense yeah yeah bringing my values and my personality into my business is key for myself because i that's a part of me and my business and my art so yeah
0: very cool so i uh, another thing that kind of sparked me thinking about is one thing that i've kind of observed just uh, just as an observer kind of yeah. looking at like your instagram and the way that you run your business is it seems like you, you seem to have been very intentional about like just the way you portray the business, at least aesthetically. Could yeah. you talk about that a little bit and like how, how the decision of that is, I would guess it's kind of to help like maintain like part of you and your image and, and yourself right. and your, um, your values. But could you talk a little bit about like creating that aesthetic and that brand image?
1: Yeah, for sure. I love that question. Cause it's honestly, it's ever changing. I mean, I remember my high school Instagram looks much different than today's Instagram and I go through phases as you know trends adjust and you know they change so um yeah similar to you I always knew I wanted to curate a brand um that was me I've always used my Instagram as my portfolio so I had to develop it from a very probably high school is when I definitely started realizing like that was going to be part of my professional portfolio of when I send out resumes or whatever it may be so um, yeah, I my biggest um, advice is make something that does look visually pleasing. Your audience, when they first click your profile, their first in- instinct is, does this look good? Like, is this appealing, you know? Is it coherent? Does it all look put together? Like your branding is on point. You have- Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, it's really good. <laughs> I mean, the tie, that's key. Your main element, yeah, yeah. no, I <laughs> noticed it. I was like, that's impressive, that's smart. <laughs> So yeah, having that icon that you can identify and having that brand color and cohesiveness and the same fonts you need to utilize. So overall, yeah, it's it's been fun too, curating a feed because it, it gets difficult at times because you're like, oh, I really want to post this, but it doesn't match. So you have to be very conscious of what you're posting and whatnot.
0: Very cool. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, another thing I wanted to kind of cover uh, is, so you mentioned like you've done a lot of mostly contract work through your business yeah what was the um the process like and you had mentioned like creating and going back and forth on contracts a little bit what was the process like figuring out how to do that and how to structure like a a contract because as a business as a fellow business owner i know that like it's all it's all based on contracts and really that just comes down to like the word the word of law of how the business is going to run and, and flow is how the contracts are formed. What was that process like for you?
1: Yeah. Um, again, trial and error, reaching out to people, asking what needs to be on a contract, what doesn't. Is this um, relevant? Is this not? Um, and honestly, sometimes I still get scared just because I'm not a lawyer and I'm still <laughs> I don't know <laughs> exactly <laughs> specifically, but Um, I know I have the key elements and I would be covered safely, but, um, yeah. Are you asking more about like the contracts I make or about like the work that I do? Uh,
0: I guess a little bit of both, but mostly just like how, I guess how you even realize that you needed to have contracts in the first place. I I don't Mm -hmm. think that necessarily would be everyone's first thought, uh, in creating a business, but I, I know that it's important. I'm curious, like what, Fed into the decision to have contracts as part of your business, and then like how how it works when you do have those, how you've kind of streamlined that as you go.
1: Yeah. So some businesses already they just needed a W two form. So some of that. So Wallcrawl, for instance, love Wallcrawl. I've worked with them since college. Yeah. Yeah. I I, yeah. <laughs> I
0: saw that a little bit. I've never been there, but I actually, funny enough, me and my business partner before we uh, got into the business that we have now. Yeah. We, like, we would kick around ideas with each other all the time when we both were doing, like, other full-time things at the time. We actually almost started one in Jacksonville, like, based off of that idea, (laughs) right when those were getting really big. And we had, like, a space picked out at everything. And then some other company that had done it in a few other cities beat us to it by, like, a few weeks. It was crazy. And we're,
1: like,
0: like, they're... (laughs) They've already got the place picked out. They've done this in other cities. They have like the presents. We we don't want (laughs) to be like a small fish in a huge pond. But yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's such a cool concept. What was it like working on the wall crawl?
1: Yeah, it's very smart. Um, No, honestly, I, again, got very lucky being connected. I interned at a photography studio in college. So um, from there, he hooked me up with, the owner and she was amazing. She was, she's still to this day, one of my biggest mentors and um, yeah, it's just so funny. The things that happen when you're installing a photography backdrop of there's been times I'm blowing up like plastic gummy bears. There's so much that happens there that it's, it's so creative and fun and you're in an environment with like-minded individuals. So yeah
0: yeah those concepts really just blew up overnight too i feel like they're they probably oh, yeah. make such good money
1: oh yeah and i mean even they just have customers show up it's just the space that they're renting and they make their quarterly installs so it's a very smart business model honestly they, low, yeah.
0: low overhead and just i mean just a cool social concept it's like it mm-hmm. it markets itself too exactly. which is exactly cool.
1: yeah tiktok instagram people are tagging them so it's it does its own work yeah really good point
0: so um cool experience there how do you what kind of things did you learn from there that you think like or i guess more general question and then i'll kind of probably go into our final couple questions here yeah what are some of the things that you've learned from different positions that you've had that you think of you've brought into your career as a whole
1: Mm, very Very
0: general question
1: no i like it i like it it. um I think being adaptable. I think that's been key. I wear many different hats as you know, most people do, you as well. It's just, um, you have to be quick and ready to adjust at any moment's time. Um, so I think that's been huge. Um, learning, self, like self-teaching myself a lot of skills and talents. There was a time in um, learning um, at the Downtown Orlando Partnership there was an event with the mayor coming. And I forget what happened, but someone last minute wasn't able to make the intro video. And so I was like, I'm on it. I got it, did not know. I think this was the time I didn't know how Adobe Premiere Pro worked, but I literally stayed up till 3, 4 a.m. making it work and making this intro video. So overall, I think that is the biggest thing I've learned. You need to be adaptable. You need to be willing to learn um, and teach yourself because sometimes there's not always going to be a mentor helping you out and walking you step by step. Um, so yeah, those are like probably some of my main things that I try and work on. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: So I've got a couple repeat questions that I always yeah. like to ask every guest that we talked about <laughs> off air a little bit. Um, so <laughs> my first one, and I guess I think I would use just you getting into this in high school, um, first getting started with all of this as the entry point for this question. But the question is, if you could go back in time and just talk to a younger Shelby as she was first getting into all of this, figuring out that, I guess, figuring out that she could make a a career out of being involved in the art space and and everything that you do now, uh, just having the wisdom and knowledge that you have now, what are a couple of things you would tell her to do differently?
1: Mm. First and foremost, (laughs) I tell her to not put so much pressure on herself. I think... I mean, just as everyone else, I'm still figuring it out. I mean, I do what I do and I do what I love, but um, I don't know. We put a lot of pressure nowadays into what we do, but it's also my connections that I find so important to me because they're people who have invested in me, who I get to talk to, who I get to connect with in this world. So I think mainly it's prioritizing who I'm surrounded with, who I'm working with and that's mainly what I would let myself know is like, you are good. It's not your value isn't in what you do. Um, it's who you're working with and who you are as a person. So I think in any career, I hope that someone listening can take that away because we do get caught up in our titles and what we do, but, um, especially someone who calls herself an artist and sometimes I'll get stares and being like, Oh, how does that work? Or, you know, the starving artist, but it. there's a way to make it work and it is lucrative so um so yeah
0: that's awesome and then the other question i have for you is the show is called profession session Mm -hmm. and i love talking to people about their professions because every profession is so different and you're a great example of that especially being very much entrepreneurial and having all these different things going on multiple revenue streams so one profession is very different from the last and my question to you is what does it mean to you personally to be a professional
1: Mm, to be a professional i i'm going gonna go back to the connections it's making sure that you are respectful and yourself authentically whenever you meet someone new because you never know where that connection will lead you so it's always important to be on your utmost a game because there's connections that I didn't know would lead me down a path, and it did. And it was an open door when I really didn't know. And if I wasn't respectful and myself and being honest, I wouldn't have gotten that. So, yeah, overall, I think that's what it means to be a professional, just showing up as yourself and being authentic and making sure to put forth your best A game. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, Shelby, anything else you would want to share with the audience?
1: Um, Not really. I You can find me on Instagram at Shelby Swigert, that's S-W-Y-G-E-R-T. My website, I'm selling my customs right now and my prints. Um, So yeah, www.shelbyswigert.com. I'm sure Brody will link everything. Yep, Yep. everything will be in the
0: details (laughs) if you're uh, watching on video or if you're listening on audio in the uh, description of the YouTube video. Yeah. You can find Perfect. Shelby on everything she's on. Shelby, thank Perfect. you so much again for thank being you, on. Thank you,
1: Brody. This is incredible. I'm really proud to have been on this. I know the, my talents are very niche, but I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> ne- niche is great. There's a, <laughs> yeah. there's a very loyal following for every niche out there yeah. and, and people looking to learn about the niche and get into it that are maybe just a couple steps behind. So I think this is yeah. this will be really valuable for anyone Perfect. in this niche.
1: Yeah. And if anyone resonates with this, my DMs are always open. I'm always willing to talk. So if anyone needs help, just reach out. I've been there, done that.
0: <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, Thank you again. And uh, this has been Profession Session. I've been your host, Brody Vincent. My guest has been Shelby Swigert of Shelby Swigert LLC <laughs> <laughs> and everything that she does. <laughs> um, and we're going to go ahead and tune out there. Thanks so much for tuning into Profession Session. I'm your host, Brody Vinson. And if you learned anything or enjoyed this video or podcast, don't forget to subscribe here on YouTube where all of our other interviews can be found. We can also be found on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as well as all the socials, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, you name it. So find us anywhere, follow, like, comment, leave us a review on any podcast platforms that you enjoy. And if you know anyone that you think would be a great fit to be on the show, get in contact with me anywhere and just let me know and they could be the next to tell their story here on Profession Session.